Yeah, man. I bet I'm feeling better than you. <laughs> After yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday I had uh, um, some fillings and a tooth extraction. So a tooth mm-hmm. galaxy pulled out. It's nice. Um, the, the dentist let me keep it, which is very kind of him. It is so my tooth after all. You've got it on the shelf. <laughs> Beside my fox skull that I found one time. Yeah, it's my tooth. Um, so yeah, yesterday and today I had to eat soft fruit or soft fruit, soft food. So like mm. porridge and soup, um, yogurts and stuff like that. And today I risked a banana. Oof. So, uh, <laughs> um, so we're all about, um, swift transitions. Uh, so yeah, from a banana to my, my eating of a banana, um, <laughs> We're talking about um, today about plastic fruit and leafy works. And Victoria tells a story, or Granda tells a story first, but it's his story um, in World War Two when uh, bananas were a rarity and you could only really get food that had been grown in Britain. And obviously bananas are not. Um, so he uh, he went down to the grocers to get the normal um, British fruit and veg, and there's bananas sitting there. And he's like overwhelmed. So instead of going into the shop, he runs back and tells everybody about these bananas. And uh, everyone, so everyone starts running to the shop because like n- no one's had a banana for months or something like. So they're all running down to the shop. Everyone's really excited. They all get into the shop, and it turns out that all all the fruit on that it's all plastic. So it's all fake. So there's fake bananas, fake oranges, mm-hmm. um, and the grocer just wanted to make it look pretty. <laughs> so he got he got known as a banana man for a little while after that <laughs> for uh, for that one. Oh, um, Could have so, done a bit of myself. <laughs> that would be you in that story. Um, so yeah, what we're looking at today again is is this idea of plastic fruit actually and and leafy branches or bushy branches. Um, and really in this series of bearing fruit, we're really attempting to drive home the point that we can't produce this fruit mm. that we've been looking at um, in our own strength. And we're, what we're really trying to do is convince Christians to stop trying. Mm. Um, mm. Not not to... <laughs> that sounds terrible, right? It does, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good Joel sermon there, isn't it? <laughs> but let go and let God. No, we're trying to convince Christians to stop trying to serve Christ obey Christ and worship Christ in their own strength mm. by helping them see just how awful that is um, and how, what that means to actually pull the Martha then. Mm. And again, even after we, what we tried to look at last time is even after we've trusted in Christ, our flesh produces nothing good. Um, our flesh, according to Galatians, is still warring against the spirit. So it's unable to produce fruit that glorifies God. It can only produce um, wild grapes as we saw in Isaiah. Um, and that's why Jesus says we can't do anything without him. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to examine what our flesh continues to produce inside the realm of our our Christian life and our church life. Mm. That sound good? Yeah, yeah. And this, this topic of the flesh, I'm sure I'm sure you'll get into this, but it's something that we can't get rid of. Yeah. We're going to encounter it every day, aren't we? Yeah, which is why we need to... This needs to become a daily reality of our lives. This, this, this... Not necessarily this series, but what the scripture teaches yeah, <laughs> teaches yeah. about bearing fruit. Um, so yeah, why are we calling that plastic fruit and bushy branches? Well, that's what we kind of look at today. And I'm just thinking about the um, the fig tree when Jesus goes to get figs from the fig tree, and there's no figs there, mm. but it's all full of leaf. It's leafage, mm. yeah. f- lovely foliage, but nothing that's actually profitable to a man. Um, so what? It, so we're, there's two different things: plastic fruit and then bushy branches. Plastic fruit is doing the right thing but for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. so it looks good from a distance but it's not actually the right stuff Mm -hmm. so plastic fruit is faking it until we make it yeah um can't produce the fruit of righteousness 
but we can get busy looking like we are. Um, I've been there. I know you, yeah. Well, you've told me you've been there. Yeah, I've definitely been there. <laughs> I'm not going to point yeah. out moments. Um, but this is a, about as helpful as ordering plastic fruit, putting it in a basket at your home, and then inviting everyone around, and they can't eat it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sinister, in it? Yeah. So it looks the part from a distance, but up close, it, it, it's not the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and it can't do any good because it's not real. So it's not going to, it looks good, but it's fake and it's not actually going to help anybody. It's not going to bless anybody. It's not going to glorify God because it's not actually real fruit. Yeah. Um, so that's plastic fruit. Bushy branches is decorating the leaves on the fig tree and drawing it, drawing people's attention to the leaves. Look how lovely the leaves are so that hopefully they don't notice there's no fruit. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So there's no fruit, but the the tree is bushy. The leaves have been arranged beautifully. Have you ever seen those ones where they they manage to like tie when the when the tree's young, they like sort of weave the leaves to uh, weave the branches together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, they yeah. do that with olive trees, but you know, you grow them in Britain, you never get olives. Yeah, yeah. It looks looks really pretty, but there's mm-hmm. never any olives. Um, and you're going to hope that no one's going to notice the distinct lack of fruit. So if plastic fruit is doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Bushy branches is doing things that God actually hasn't asked for. Um, and again, that would be for the wrong reasons. Mm. God's asking for fruit, not leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, so bushy branches are the things that we do that aren't actually biblical. They're more of our cultural or our traditional standards of godliness. Things like, which we're going to get into a little bit later, but music preference, dress, Bible standards, our Bible versions. We we add them on to Christian culture, but they're not actually in the Bible. Mm. Words like modesty are in the Bible, but when it comes to how we believe modesty yeah. is should be practiced, that can sometimes be a cultural mm. or traditional Which standard. We have our own definition. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta define the terms uh, yeah. biblically. So yeah, plastic fruit doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, bushy branches doing just doing the wrong <laughs> not necessarily sinful things, but um, extra biblical standards that we yeah. place upon the Christian life. Yeah. Um, so why do we do this? Plastic Plastic, why do we do what we're doing? Plastic and leafy motives. Why is it we often choose to show off plastic fruit and bushy branches? Well, I was just thinking a minute ago about, about fruit and the significance of, I should say the necessity of fruit. So um, fruit tastes good. Mm. So, so it's, it's pleasing, but it's also needed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so when, it, when it comes to plastic fruit, Mm. Whenever we get caught in this hypocrisy we're going to talk about, yeah. there's this aspect of not only is it not pleasing to the Lord, mm. hypocrisy isn't, but it's uh, it's also not helpful. It's not beneficial. It's yeah, I need the fruit and veg for my vitamins. Yeah. What do you call them? Yeah. Vitamins, right? Vitamins. Vit- oh, you no. just, okay, yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I need them for health. I need them for, for pleasure. And God yeah. wants them to bring health and pleasure to the church and, and, and pleasure mm. to himself. So... Yeah, why do we do this? Why do we, instead of allowing Christ to um, produce this in us, why do we so often run to these things instead? Well, I, th- I think there are multiple reasons personally, and I know you've got a couple yourself, but I, I think sometimes we try to, to force a spiritual work. Mm. Mm. Uh, we might try to try to make something happen. There's, there's, a, there's a book, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think it's called Unintentional Dragons or something like that. Right. The name of it, something similar <laughs> to that. But it's this idea of thinking that you're helpful, mm. but you're doing a work of the flesh, so you're being counterproductive. Right. Well, yeah. And yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we're, we're trying to make something happen in the name mm. of 
Christ or in the name of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And when we do that, and the the source or the in, uh, intuition um, originates with us, yeah, then yeah. it's plastic fruit or bushy branches. branches. Yeah, could be both. Yeah, yeah, it can be. So we look at um, guilt and shame as one of the first reasons. Guilt is. Well, my definition, guilt is when we realize that we did something that falls short of God's standards. Mm-hmm. So I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. Shame is when we realize we fall short of God's love uh, because we fall short of his mm-hmm. standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I fall short of God's standards, say like I've I've said something nasty to you um, and then like half an hour later I realize that was really unkind. Should I feel guilt and should I feel shame in those moments? Of course. Right. So, so the feelings themselves are actually not bad. Mm-hmm. They're they're good things, but what I do with those feelings is mm-hmm. what's actually important. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think I think guilt. Um, if if we're dealing with with guilt, like you said, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with guilt and shame in the right place. But if we allow guilt to fester and we don't take that to the Lord, right. I'm sure we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But if we don't take that to the Lord, then then the guilt, um, it it becomes legalism. Exactly. Yeah. It does it becomes yeah. I'm, I'm basing how I view myself and and even how I view others yeah. based upon the legality of things. Yeah, my merit. Yeah. And, and the shame, the shame side of things, that's that's really going to affect um, my interaction with others. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if if I feel shameful myself, yeah, then I believe that everyone else sees me shameful as well. Yeah, yeah, that can have a massive impact. It's on gonna, it. it's gonna impact church yeah. life. Yeah, you know all of I mean. your relationships, yeah. your relationship with the Lord, which then leads to a relationship with other people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I should feel guilty because I am. I mm. should feel ashamed in those moments because because <laughs> that was a shameful thing to do. But yeah, it's what you do with it. So mm. what I need to do with it as a Christian is run to Christ, mm-hmm. confess it to Him, and as you've been saying, gladly repent. Mm. <laughs> so joyfully repent knowing that I'm forgiven. So Jesus bore my guilt um, and Jesus bore my shame. So when I run, when I come to Christ and say, Lord, I was unkind to Matt, uh, please forgive me for that. I'm then forgiven. The shame and the guilt is lifted and I can mm. then joyfully mm. continue living my life. But I, if I don't do that, which is so often the case, then what we end up doing is we seek to earn God's favor and we earn his love. And this, is, this isn't just, I mean, this is a message we preach to unbelievers. You can't earn God's favor and love. But yeah. even as Christians, we get this. We do this all the time. Um, yeah. We don't rest in His unconditional love. Um, we, instead, we we try to add our own like merit or our own service to Him to try and earn in some way His uh, the unconditional acceptance that we can't yeah. earn. Yeah, and no, we seek to gain favor from Him based upon our performances. Yeah, even yeah. as Christians, man. Yeah. And I think especially for people caught up in. Um, like circular sins, cyclical mm. sins of, yeah. of like uh, pornography or mm. addictive sins, that that shame that com- that compounds the guilt, um, and like they, they feel worthless, so mm. they have to prove worth by works, mm. and actually Jesus has already made you worthy. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing, isn't it? Um, you know, the the, the Puritan. We mentioned this a few weeks back, and I'm sorry if I'm being repetitive or whatever. But um, the Puritans were, were deeply motivated by the gospel, mm. not, not just in terms of evangelism, but in um, kind of everyday sanctification. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about the implications of the cross, so Jesus bore our sin and our shame. Yeah. You know, and, and so when we run to Jesus, confess our sin, we repent of it. Just like Jesus dealt with sin, because we, we say this often, right? We, we don't take a Roman Catholic um, view of the atonement. 
We believe that Christ, as Hebrews said, Christ died once for mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. With with one sacrifice, Jesus uh, sanctified many. Yeah. Um, and, and if it was a, a one-time momentary sacrifice by Jesus, when we come to Jesus for the gospel in, in moments of, of, of repentance as Christians, mm. Mm. he deals with it immediately. Yeah. like yeah. Just like he did with the cross. Just like he joyfully washed me when I was regenerated. Mm. He joyfully washes me. Uh, like John 13, I want to wash your feet, you know, <laughs> and he's willing to do that. So yeah. it's it's coming to him joyfully. And when we don't do that, um, what that leads to then is legalism, like you said, and hypocrisy. Christians can be busy with legalism too, seeking God's favor based upon our own merit. Legalism is not so much about what we do or don't do. It's the reasons behind why we do those things. So mm-hmm. you, two people can be dressed the same way, singing the same songs, doing the same acts of service, and yet have very different reasons for doing it. There, one person will be doing it to try and merit favor with God. The other person is doing it out of a, a glad heart that that merit has been earned by another on, on their behalf. Mm. So that's legalism. And then hypocrisy is me trying to look the part in front of others. Yeah. Um, knowing I fall short of God's, God's standard, but not running to Jesus about that, I'll be busy with hypocrisy. Um, we'll try to hide our true selves from God, but mostly from others through mm. our religious performances all while covering over our idolatries, our failures, and our weaknesses. Hmm. So that's the debilitating uh, disease of legalism and hypocrisy that we end up um, living out in our lives. Yeah, and, and that, that leads naturally to it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It need, leads naturally to legalism and hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience, this is something that is, uh, I think we have to fight every every day of our lives and yeah. not to run to Christ yeah. for these things rather than I have to merit in some way. Um, so the next thing that, so this is, so that's plastic and leafy works, plastic and leafy motives. And then where does that lead to? So plastic and leafy end. Um, so the end results of serving God with these false motives. The first one I have is, is pride. Um, mm-hmm. so because I'm not running to Christ for repentance with, with humility, uh, experiencing his precious forgiveness and therefore being grateful as I, as I serve him, um, my flesh will be doing what it does best, which is just sin. <laughs> so, yeah. and I'll just get better at better at hiding that sin, excusing that sin away, and explaining it like you know, as as the reason I did it was this, so it's not actually that bad. Mm. Um, all the while becoming more and more enslaved to sin. Mm. Um, but we're going to become um, gripped by our constant failure to meet God's standards. Um, mm. And as I continue to to forget to run to Jesus, what I'm going to start doing is instead of comparing myself to scripture, because that's going to be an agony, because I'm not actually running to Jesus. When I when I compare myself to scripture and I don't add up um, and I don't run to Jesus, eventually I'm going to stop doing mm. yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the comparing myself to scripture. Yeah. So I'm going to start I'm going to start comparing myself to my own standards of godliness mm. um, or the, the standards of godliness that my church tradition or um, cultural tradition has, has added, because that's actually easier to do. Yeah, yeah. And when, when you think about so the, the flesh, um, flesh and the spirit are at war, mm. and we know that. And, and I heard a really good analogy um, a, a long time ago, um, and it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the actual context. I think it was, and this, this is horrible to think about, but there were like dog fighting. Mm. Yeah. And there was this dog fighting ring, and uh, multiple owners would have multiple dogs, mm. and they'd all put them in uh, this, this kind of... Um, on a pool of fighters and occasionally this uh both of your dogs would be drawn against one another and have to fight mm. so this owner every time that his two dogs one of his two dogs came up against one another to fight 
he always bet on the right one. Mm. And everyone was like, you know, how do you know every time? He said, the reason that I get it right every time is because the one that I feed the most is the one that wins. Mm. So when they're mm. pitted against each other and I know they're going to fight, I starve the one and I feed the other. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to this whole flesh and spirit yeah. dynamic, yeah. and that's not exactly... Yeah, you know, yeah. flush with the scripture, but it's a really good illustration because the flesh does one thing well. Right, and that's sin. Yeah. And here's the thing, man. When we're talking about this idea of feeding the flesh, it's not just feeding the flesh is sinning. You you feed the flesh by sinning. You can feed the flesh by not running to Jesus. You can yeah. feed the flesh by legalism mm-hmm. and hypocrisy. You can feed the flesh by doing the the right thing for the wrong reasons, which mm-hmm. is what we're trying to look at here with this, so this pride are, concept. There are passive and aggressive ways of feeding the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, by, by not running to him yeah. and finding forgiveness in him. Mm. So I'll, I'll begin to create extra biblical standards about how I dress, which is a massive issue um, uh, in Northern Ireland, in, in England, in the States, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no Bible about that whatsoever, except modesty. But again, that's <laughs> that becomes a culturally defined yeah. word. Um, in ancient Israel, everyone in Western civilization today is immodest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, or, or standards about um, godliness being in what secondary or tertiary doctrine you believe. Mm-hmm. That's your standard of godliness. Yeah. What ministry you're involved in. So uh, what Bible version you read, That that's your standard of godliness. Because that's, really, that's actually, e- it's easier for me to pick a Bible version and say, this is what God is, I'm godly because I read this version than to actually be like Jesus, mm-hmm. to be kind and, and patient with people, to be sacrificially giving, um, even even down to what our political views are. You know, mm. the whole Brexit thing recently. You know, um, the only Christian vote is dot dot dot. And you're like, yeah. guys, yeah. chill out. Like, that's not the mark of godliness here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, n- none of these things are necessarily wrong in themselves, but they become wrong when we make them standards of godliness mm. that we can find it so much easier to attain to than the actual standards of godliness in the Bible. Even, even denominationally. You know, you think about so. So this this is so you've been Baptistic for a while, in terms of similar views and and we line up. But this is your first time ever being a Baptist, isn't it? Being part of a Baptist uh, church, uh, pastor of a Baptist church. Yeah, I've been <laughs> in ministry for like thirteen years, and I'm a a Baptist pastor. But the uh, <laughs> the, the thing that happens with with that is, like you were saying, with Bible versions, the same t- temptation is what church you belong to, or yeah. what denomination you belong yeah. to. And that, like you say, that's an easier battle to fight yeah. than to pursue Christ-likeness yeah. in your life and the way you, you treat others and right. treat your family. It's and... so much easier, man, than be, to be busy with ministry than to actually be like Jesus because mm. it's it's possible. Um, so this pride then leads to judgment. Mm. Um, so what we're going to do then is, you know, we're going to cover over our bitterness, our resentment, our insecurities, our sins, our discouragement, no real fruit being being created. Um, but we're filled with pride now because we're creating extra biblical standards. And soon we're going to forget or neglect to look within at our own failures. We're going to start pointing the finger at other people's failures because that's a lot easier. Um, So we set up these extra biblical standards to find pride in, but then we start using those extra biblical standards to judge other Christians by. So we're not even, Mm. we're no longer even judging ourselves by our own Mm. (laughs) standards we've created. We use them to judge other people even though they're not in the Bible. Mm. And that's a lot of the divisiveness we see in the church, sadly. Not, thankfully not blurting, but in the church at large, I mean. Um, it's kind of like, um, maybe I'm coining this term, I don't know, but gospel amnesia. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Where where we start looking at others outside of us and forget yeah. how much we need yeah. the gospel every day. So like Absolutely, man. The, the focus of our ire 
mm-hmm. becomes them and not yep. our own sin. We're not mourning our own sin. We're mourning the sin of people around yeah. us. So, so like, let's say the standard of godliness is the Brexit vote, right? Which mm-hmm. we heard a lot about. We did. Um, you're, you obviously vote your opinion, which is your mark of godliness. Mm-hmm. Then you start judging other Christians based on how they voted. Mm. Show me that in scripture. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or you've created this, an extra biblical standard of how to dress, which of course is your standard. And you feel you're godly because you dress that way. Then you start judging other Christians because they don't dress that way, even though it's not actually in scripture. Yeah. So you start using your standard, not just to judge yourself and find yourself top trumps because yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can keep your standards. But you start judging other Christians by those standards as well. So you have a leaf decorating competition yeah. with other believers. No yeah. fruit at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge temptation, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Uh, being the not just the victim here, but the, cul- the culprit, you know. Yeah. Even belonging to... Um, we, we have several friends uh, in, in the ministry and things like that. Some of our friends would be dispensationalists. Some of them would be um, Calvinists. So, so you'd, you'd have people... So system, systematic theology is a great thing yeah. in the right context. Yeah. But you have some people who they start with covenant theology mm-hmm. and then they view the Bible through the lens of covenant theology. Mm-hmm. Or they start with um, with this dispensationalism and mm-hmm. view the Bible through that. Mm-hmm. But but that, when you, when you start there, you're imposing... Things on the standard. Bible, yeah, and and that is a form of legalism. Yeah, and yeah, if it, we don't start with the Bible and yeah, then see yeah. systematic theology. And then when you're judging your your brothers and sisters because they don't hold that secondary doctrine with you, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm not a Calvinist. Um, I have many good friends who are, and I think they're more spiritual and godly than me. <laughs> is that right? I think they're mature in Christ. They love <laughs> Jesus. They're fighting sin, mm-hmm. um, and I I I. Uh, I wish I was like them in, in their godliness, you know, and their Calvinists. It's like, and yet, like, ten years ago, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if Calvinists received because <laughs> I create this extra yeah, yeah. standard, right? You, and you're surrounded in that legalism. Yeah, right? yeah. So this is the whole beam and speck thing Jesus talks about. You know, take take out your own beam before you deal with the speck. But here's the thing about the beam and the speck thing: it's not that your sin's worse, right? It's not that you're a worse you're a worse sinner than them. Like you've created this massive sin, mm. and they haven't. It's not about the, the, it's not about worse category. It's about you know you more. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to deal with my brother's spec, the spec is not that he doesn't have big sins. It's that I maybe have seen two or three of his sins. So it's a spec in comparison to the fact that I live with myself 24-7 mm-hmm. and I know how much sin I commit. You know, yeah. mercifully, God reveals it to me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I don't because I'm prideful. But the whole beam and spec thing isn't that your sin's worse. It's that you know your sin more because you're more aware of it. Mm-hmm. And yet we, we choose to ignore that massive gaping wound in our flipping eye yeah. <laughs> yeah. and deal with a little speck. Um, and, and so we've got hypocrisy and judgment, you know, yeah. I said on Sunday and, and I don't mind saying this over and over again. I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't, I don't want to hide it. I'm not proud of it, but I'm the worst Christian that I know. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. man. Like, uh, you're the worst Christian I know too. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you mean. But no, yeah. I, I, like, I can't see the deep recesses of your heart and yeah. mind. Yeah. But but yeah. I know those besetting sins in my own heart and yeah. how, how dark my own yeah. heart and mind can be at times. Yeah. Yeah. Who we are behind closed doors, who we are in our minds. Only you know the gaping beam. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so all this leads to, all this becomes a circular because... Um, as we're motivated by guilt and shame, which leads to legalism and hypocrisy, which leads to pride and judgment, this vicious, fruitless, leafy circle begins. Um, and I've been there, and you know, mm-hmm. you've you've talked about how you've been there too. Yeah. So, so here's the rub. Then, 
If I believe that godliness and Christian maturity is in my conformity to the image of Jesus Christ's character, then what I'm going to do is examine my life in light of his life, be daily broken and daily humbled over my failure to be like him. What that should lead to then is daily grateful and overwhelming mm. just thankfulness yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that I am forgiven by his beautiful and glorious gospel, that he's still faithful to me and to his promises, mm -hmm. that he's still doing a work in me to that he began and he's going to complete that work in me. Um, and here and only here, um, centered in and focused on the beautiful character of Christ and his incredibly rich daily love and grace towards me, is there any hope of bearing fruit? Mm. So when you see your sin, when you see your brokenness, don't run to, with the guilt and shame into works because that's going to lead to pride, legalism, hypocrisy, and judgment. Mm. Run to Christ. Find mercy and grace. Rejoice in that mercy and grace. Let it humble you and serve out of that grateful heart and you will, you will start producing fruit that mm. is both glorifying to God pleasing and beneficial to others as well hmm. so that's me don have you got anything else to add to yeah to this one? i actually think it would be great for us to uh to end were, were you going to mention that that question right there no go for it yeah yeah no let uh, we can talk about that you go ahead <laughs> yeah this i, I thought and, and then you'd mentioned this in in, in a facebook post once yeah. in the past and it created quite a stir it did <laughs> <laughs> but but i think this is this is the the crux of the issue really right if you could be right on every single doctrine so we're talking about um, eschatology, what you believe mm -hmm. about the end times. We're talking about um, your view on spiritual gifts, yeah. um, your, your view on whatever, whatever the buzz topic is. Mm -hmm. If you could be right on every single doctrine or be like Jesus, right? which would you choose? Right, right. And, and the fact that there is a hesitation mm -hmm. when we read that screams of our own legalism. Yeah. So the answer should be, because God's will, it says in Ephesians, is me being like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 as well. Yeah. His will for my life is to be like Jesus. Yeah. And doctrine's vital. But that question, what that question is meant to do is it's meant to help you see the what doctrine should always point to is to, mm -hmm. um, you should always examine doctrine in light of the gospel, in light of who Jesus is, in light of um, how does this help me to become to run to Christ and become more like Him? So yeah, if 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 it doesn't if it doesn't make me like Jesus, if it's not contributing to Christ's likeness in my life, mm -hmm. chuck it out. Yeah, what's it? Kevin Cowdery says, plug for Kevin. Uh, doctrine without doxology is demonic. Oh yeah, he started saying that recently. So you can have your theology, if it doesn't lead to your your or, or is it orth, orthodoxy without orthopraxy. Yeah, is also something else. Yeah. We'll have to get him to tell us. Have to get him on. But yeah, basically the same. Like doctrine should lead to praise, yeah. and it should lead to obedience. Mm -hmm. um, and if it isn't, then it's not doing the right thing. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Enjoyed it. Yep.